Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. People are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 524. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. I'm Mark. Hey, Mark. Welcome back. Welcome Glad back. to be back. It's been a while. Yeah, you know, I was going to be on <laughs> earlier, but uh, there was a little snafu. Uh, apparently, I fucked up last week. I apologize. It's okay. We can. How about uh, next year for E3 coverage, you can just send me. We'll call it even. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a fair deal. What's new in the wonderful world of Mark and Laura? Well, uh, I think you're moving in. <laughs> you you think? <laughs> when is that happening? Uh, before his lease is up in July. Mm-hmm. So very soon. <laughs> Have you had to like negotiate like what he's moving in? Not really. He doesn't have that much stuff. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I'm poor. That's great. But I heard last time Pat was on that you guys have been arguing over what he should bring and what he should toss. Yeah, we had a sit down a few days ago. We had a good negotiation session because my place is very populated with items already. So I don't want to junk up my place, okay? It's my place. Even if he moves in and starts helping me pay the mortgage. But I mean, he's going to be living there, so... Yes. The best way to treat it is as though it's y'all's place. No, uh, look, absolutely. I think I'm making a big concession by letting him bring his cats. I understand that, but I'm not a cat person. I didn't know he had a cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a girl, but he called it Charlie. Charlie can be a girl's name. Yeah, it can. can be a girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Like Charlie XCX. Yeah. He's bringing stuff that him... Is it the him... clap girl? Yeah. <laughs> he's, okay. He's bringing stuff him and his grandfather built together. I understand that completely. But then he's like, oh, I have another 55-inch TV. I'm like, we don't need a third TV in the guest I mean, bedroom. You could send it our way, man. I'll take that. Uh, but, uh, deal. Deal. He wanted to bring his bed. I'm like, we already have a bed. And he wanted to bring these things in case we break up. I said to him, I'll tell you what. If we break up, you can have one of my existing TVs and you can have one of the existing beds. I'm being fair about it. Yeah, I I never thought about it that way. <laughs> How but we still this... got that TV, right? <laughs> <laughs> How did this turn to me? We're talking about you two. So no, I don't know. So, so no problems. It's all going smooth so far. I mean, we did the other day go through your closet. Not yours, Andrew. Mark's. Oh. And <laughs> <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> and he, like... Babe, you had so many clothes that I didn't know you had. Because they didn't fit me. And yeah, they're too big for you. But I was just like, whoa, like all of these like button up dress shirts. I only ever see t-shirts. Because they're, the they're the only things that fit me. Why yeah. you ever dress up for your girl, Mark? Because I'm poor. We established this. Oh, but you have shirts. <laughs> but they're big. Mm, they're too tuck big. them in. Tuck them in. They'll, they'll start then it working. looks like I'm. I, I have like one of those like kindergarten balloon play pit places on top of me. 
<laughs> no, but that was fun. We gave away a bunch of his stuff, so a bunch mm-hmm. of his clothes that don't fit anymore. How yeah. much is Laura's mortgage versus what Mark was paying in rent? I'm wondering if Mark could potentially pay for the entire mortgage. Uh, pretty close, actually. Oh, shit. oh this is good. Yeah. Don't you his... pay less than me? Uh, I pay like $100 more than you. Oh, more than me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, yeah. So you splitting the mortgage 50-50? We have various bill arrangements yeah. that we have set up. I'm going to find like the most bomb internet ever. And just be like, <laughs> just roll in there and be like, money's not an option, but it is kind of. So let's not get crazy. But Oh, and you guys are going to upgrade Netflix, right? You're going to have... Better yeah. than standard definition. Ugh. Exactly. Okay. I can't believe you're still on about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I could I wouldn't be able to do that. You are like, oh my god, I would not be able to handle not having HD Netflix. What are we animals? Standard too, but it's because we I have an old TV. So what's the point? I mean she has a 4K TV though. Okay, I'm well like that might right be a now. little different. Oh. <laughs> oh. And you have a 4K uh, PS4 Pro as well. It's going to be like you had a whole new pair of eyes. Right. This is color, I see. <laughs> see, clearly now I have 4K. <laughs> anyway, Toy Story 4 came out over the weekend. Pam and I saw it. What did you think, Pam? Um, I liked it more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. Well, I don't want to get into it too much because I feel like we talk about this a lot, but I had a a bad movie-going experience, some really annoying people in the theater that were making noises and talking the whole time. But I did... So I feel like I missed some of the heart and some of the jokes of the story. But I did enjoy it. It didn't live up to Toy Story 3. Pat came out of it wondering why it needed to exist at all, and I think a lot of people were were wondering that. Do you feel like it It was a worthy sequel? Um... I don't know what they could have done differently. And it was kind of weird because going into it, I think everybody had that question on their minds. Like, did we really need a Toy Story 4 when the third one kind of wrapped things up so perfectly and came out at a really great time for everybody that grew up, you know, going to see the Toy Story movies? Um, I can't imagine them doing anything else other than what they did in 4. But going forward, I can't see them continuing based on how they left things. Yeah. But I guess I said the same thing about three. So who knows? Pixar, are you crazy? <laughs> well, I hope this is the end because we're not going to spoil it. But the end is very much a big end for yeah. this franchise. And I think in order to continue, they would probably need to spin it off. It, it wouldn't be Toy Story as we know it. I'll put it that way. So right. do the toys die? No, no. They they faked everyone out after Toy Story 3. I think they oh knew they God. couldn't do that again. That was traumatizing, though. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Toy Story 4 is also beautiful. I mean, the graphics are just really stunning. Um, it's really great seeing all the toys together. Actually, my biggest complaint is that because they introduced new characters, including Forky, <laughs> it's just ridiculous, all the OGs get pushed to the side. Right. Did you feel that way? Yeah, I thought, you know, like, usually when people do last movies, it's always, like, one last buddy adventure 
Um, so that's kind of what I expected, like one last adventure with Woody and Buzz. And that's not really what we got. And I think I would have been a little bit more upset about it had um, I not enjoyed some of the new characters. Like I, I love Key and Peele, and it was just so great to see them interacting again, even if it was only their voices. So I really yeah. enjoyed that. And I enjoyed the character of Forky much more than I thought I was going to. But after the movie ended, I definitely had that thought, which was that, wow, this is like the last movie supposedly. And we didn't really get to spend a lot of time with the principal cast. Exactly. There's so many characters. So kind of like Crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> exactly. But Toy Story 4 is really great. <laughs> Crimes of yeah. Grindelwald <laughs> also had a lot of characters, but was bad. And I... I'm at the point with okay. Crimes of Grindelwald where I would not watch it again. I'm just sick of that story. Mm. Yeah, I was thinking about rewatching it the other day, but now I think you've convinced me not to go through with that. <laughs> I, I need to see Toy Story 4 again. Yeah, I thought it had a really great message, but Sarah, so we asked on Patreon, are you glad that Toy Story 4 happened? The majority of people said, yes, I'm glad that they made the movie, but a few people did say, I wish they didn't. Because Toy Story 3 ended so perfectly, a lot of people, when they heard Toy Story 4 was happening, a lot of people were like, why? You don't need that. So Sarah said, not happy with the message of the movie or the fact that my favorite characters got barely any lines to provide so many new characters with space. Woody is one of my least favorite toys, so focusing pretty solely on him sucked. Surprised to hear that. (laughs) Hmm. Um, Heather said, I really wish this movie hadn't been made. I can't say why without giving away spoilers, but suffice to say that I agree with Sarah that there are several ideologies being conveyed through the film that are just awful. So one of the messages is that you're not worthless. So they can't be talking about that message. Do you have an idea of what they're talking about, Pam? No, now, and now I feel like I missed something. I I just kind of felt like the... I'm trying to figure out how to say this without like spoiling it for anybody that hasn't seen it. But um I guess I would akin it to similar to what happens like when somebody retires. It's like you have to find new joy right in your life. Is that fair to say without yeah. giving what too he, much away? What he's trying to find his purpose. Yeah. And the, and the character I think that Forky. That's, I don't know. Like I, I I would love to hear more though. Yeah. Maybe they're referring to the character Forky, and I don't think this is a spoiler either. He thinks he's trash, and he he talks about <laughs> it for the whole movie, and he literally says, I'm trash, 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 trash. It's supposed to be funny, and it kind of is, so maybe they're talking about somebody having low self-worth. Just the way you guys are talking about this, I'm envisioning all the toys get put in a wood chipper at the end. No. Like it, that would be <laughs> way really- too close to Toy Story 3. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really True. enjoyed it. it. The movie brought a smile to my face, especially at the end. I hope there's not a Toy Story 5, and I really mean it this time, because that would look like a cash grab, I think. I think so, too. Also, for the record, I really enjoyed the I'm trash line, because that's such an internet-ism, you know, yes. to be trash <laughs> for something. And I yeah. think I'm pretty sure I was the only one that was laughing at the theater. But also, I go at like 9 o'clock in the morning. So, surprise, surprise. Just also want to remind everybody there is a week left to pledge at the Bay level and receive a handwritten letter from one of the three hosts. So make sure you go to patreon.com slash millennial and pledge at the Bay level straight away. When you are at that level, you will also have access to the face-to-face benefit. We did that shortly before recording today's episode where you get to hang out with us live on video. And thank you to Tiara 
and JY who participated today. It was a fun hangout. So, Laura, I wanted to play a game with you today. Mm -hmm. As you may have seen, the White House press secretary, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, is leaving the White House at the end of this month. and A tragedy. National tragedy. It is very sad. And (laughs) since you have given such a great impression of her... Over the past year, I guess I would say, Mm -hmm. I thought we should have you reprise your role one last time. And to do that, Pam, Mark, and I are each going to throw you a question as if we are Mm -hmm. in the briefing room and you must answer as Sarah. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you have to put in your mouth this week? I have... (laughs) (laughs) I have these... Two little kind of like miniature plastic tubes that I'm going to put in on either side of my mouth and it seems to do the job right. For anybody who hasn't heard this before, what Andrew's referring to is that I realize Sarah Huckabee Sanders sounds like she has something in her mouth when she's talking. So I put something in my mouth to replicate it. Laura isn't getting detailed, but before recording the show, (laughs) you didn't describe them as two plastic tubes. What are they really? (laughs) (laughs) the hard-hitting questions oh that's great should i put them in my mouth and lie to you about it just like sarah (laughs) (laughs) how about this how about this uh people can write in and guess what is in laura's mouth (laughs) the hint is two plastic tubes two miniature plastic tubes (laughs) tubes are gonna go in the mouth now transform okay (laughs) I'm just picturing the Sailor Moon transformation scene. (laughs) Sarah, the president recently said in a tweet that the United States was, quote, cocked and loaded in reference to being ready to strike Iran. Can you please elaborate on what the phrase cocked and loaded means? It's It's simply a way to reflect the fact that this president is prepared to do whatever he has to do to defend this nation. But what does it mean to be cocked? and loaded usually it's locked and loaded what does cocked mean i mean you could also think of it as a cockpit on a plane for example ah like he's in the cockpit flying us Mm -hmm. he 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 is the leader i see okay thank you very much for clarifying that (laughs) he is our nation by the cock (laughs) is his cock loaded i mean if you talk to stormy daniels maybe not but (laughs) Mark, what's your question for the press secretary? So the public has to know, uh, since you're no longer going to be with us, what other egotistical narcissist maniac would you want to work for if you could? Well, um, probably my father. Um, <laughs> there have been there have been rumors that I might go back and 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 run as governor in my home state. And, uh, you know, this is a, a post my father has had before. Um, also, you know, he raised my brother who killed a dog. And people don't really like to talk about that from my family. But uh, there are police reports you can look up. And it's very disturbing. Um, this is true? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. His fucking son killed a dog. Anyway. That said, I mean, at the end of the day, what I really care about is somebody who embraces my conservative values. And I want to be remembered as somebody who was honest and transparent about 
my lack of transparency. And I would like to work with someone who embodies that spirit. Well, Sarah, I'm glad that you brought up transparency. Uh, You notably have made a few erroneous statements in the past. But now that you're uh, set to leave your position, I'd like to know if you'd like to set the record straight on maybe a few other slip of the tongues that might have happened that the public does not know about. I think this is a really good reason that you bring up um, that I actually have not briefed the press for the last three months. And there's a reason for that. I'm trying not to, you know, create any more sound bites for the crazy left. Sarah, do you think you'll write a tell-all book after you leave? It honestly depends on if I see any indictments. Or if Trump starts talking shit on you i don't think he'd do that um if if you remember he made a whole line of us stand up um like like prisoners next to to, next to a dictator uh in front of the press and made us all swear in front of the press that he is a a stable genius yes and based on that i think we all know uh what we can expect from donald trump and it it would not be for him to shit talk me. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Sarah, thank you for your time on the show. We really appreciate it. You're very welcome. You're all going to hell, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like the current president, please remember that the first Democratic debates are Wednesday and Thursday night, and we will be recording a new installment of Breaking News Four Bay patrons on Thursday after the second debate. We will give our thoughts on the 20 candidates and who stood out to us. And before we move on to some news, we wanted to hear a quick word from one of our sponsors, Rothy's. Rothy's is the company making insanely stylish and comfortable flats for women and girls from recycled water bottles. I love my Rothy's, which I've had for over a year now for any occasion. I wear them to work, running through sudden rainstorms, and most recently on an impromptu mini hike to watch bats take flight at twilight. These things are stylish, sustainable, comfortable, machine washable. No, I'm serious. All of those bonuses in just one pair of shoes. They really are the perfect flats for life on the go. Pam, you have a pair of Rothy's, right? I do, and I love them, and you're so right. They go with everything. I wear them with dresses. I wear them with jeans. They're pretty great. They really are. Rothy's come in a wide range of colors and patterns, and they're available in four different silhouettes. Plus, they're constantly launching new styles, so you're guaranteed to find a pair. Since Rothy's are seamlessly crafted from recycled water bottles, they're ultra comfortable as soon as you slide them on. There is zero break-in period with these shoes. Rothy's are manufactured in a zero-waste factory, and they're shipped directly in the shoebox, so no unnecessary packaging. Plus, Rothy's has diverted over 30 million water bottles from landfills. Check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash M-I-L-L. Go to rothys.com, that's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash M-I-L-L to get your new favorite flats. Comfort, style, and sustainability, these are the shoes you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com slash M-I-L-L today. It would have been funny if we had you read that as Sarah Huckabee Sanders, but I think Rothy's would have 
stopped working with us. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we would have gotten paid for that ad. <laughs> Take our brand seriously. Yeah, or or any more ads, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> if we did that. <laughs> well, moving on to some news. And to be honest, I'm kind of surprised nobody asked Sarah about this situation. Um, this apparently needs repeating in this country. We have concentration camps in this country in Texas. I know this has been a big story in the news and there's been tons of public outcry. So we're just going to do a brief overview. Um, So in the last week, lawyers and advocacy groups who visited the detention center, specifically in Clint, Texas, reported a horrifying scene. They talked about eight-year-olds who were taking care of toddlers that they had just met, children's clothing being caked in snot and excrement because toddlers are going to the bathroom in their pants because they don't have diapers, even teenage mothers whose clothes are stained with breast milk. This was the scene in this particular detention center that is or was until very recently today overcrowded. Looking uh, at what the lawyers have reported, many of those children had not bathed since they reached the camp a month ago. And legally, these children should have been processed out of that center within 72 hours of arrival. But due to overcrowding at the Department of Health and Human Services shelters, they were left to languish in these conditions. Um, According to the New York Times, in May, the inspector general for the Department of Homeland Security warned of dangerous overcrowding among adult migrants as well, housed at the Border Processing Center in El Paso, with up to 900 migrants being held at a facility designed for 125, in some cases in cells designed for 35 people, or cells that were designed for 35 people were holding 155 people. Now, on top of all of this, most recently, government lawyers representing our Justice Department argued that the border detention centers shouldn't have to provide soap or toothpaste because those don't fall into, quote, necessary provisions. Sure. And yeah, and and this has been something that's gotten a lot of traction on social media and in the news, I'm sure you guys have seen, the idea that we're not providing people with soap and toothpaste. <laughs> yeah. Um, on top of that, there have been stories of uh, head lice breakouts, especially in the children's facilities. And these small children, many of them under the age of 10, have been given lice combs to share amongst themselves in their cells that are crammed full of dozens of kids. Now, following public outcry, hundreds of children were transferred out of the Clint, Texas facility on Monday, which is good. Yeah. However, there are still 30 children there because they're purportedly too sick to move. And I'm not entirely clear on where exactly the children they've moved are going. I would presume some room in the health and human services shelters opened miraculously. But I think the most disgusting thing about this is that the Trump administration and Republicans in Congress are trying to use these asylum seekers as bargaining chips to make Democrats cave on 
the Trump administration's immigration demands. So they want funding for their wall. They want to be able to change definitions around asylum seeking to make it harder for people to come here and seek asylum. So they're using, basically, they're using asylum seekers uh, as sort of like they're holding them ransom so that we can then start denying asylum seekers when they come to the country. Yeah. This is obviously sickening. I'm really glad to see that thanks to the media coverage, we're actually seeing some progress here in terms of getting kids out of this facility. Did you guys also see that footage of the Trump administration in courts? The judges were shitting all over this Mm -hmm. Trump administration lawyer. Why do these kids not have blankets? Why don't they have soap? Why don't they have other very important items? I hope and I assume it's already going viral because I think that's a really important clip. And that really shows you uh, how the Trump administration views these children. They just do not care about them. People on the right need to seriously ask themselves who they are, how they want to be remembered. And I'm not talking about people in Trump's circle, but just American voters. Do you really want to stand for this shit? Because this is abhorrent. And I think this is one of the things that could lose Trump the election. I think there are enough people, enough voters in this country who are in the middle or maybe slightly to the right who are looking at this and saying this is sickening. And the fact that Trump acts like it's Obama's fault or uh, notices that Trump really doesn't care. I think that that might push them towards the left in 2020. And I seriously hope so, because what flawed logic for Trump to sit up there and literally all he's been doing for the first two years is trying to undo everything Obama did, but then suddenly it comes to asylum seekers and these abhorrent um, you know, conditions and these facilities for children and also for adults. And all of a sudden his hands are tied. Like that makes no sense. You're telling me that you can sit there and get X, Y, Z done, but you can't do this. Right. Exactly. That makes no sense. Um, And I can't remember if it was in that clip you were talking about, Andrew, or if it was on uh, an interview that one of the women that toured the facilities did with CNN. But the other thing that really um, bothered me was the fact that they don't have proper caretakers at these facilities for children. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, you know, they were just handing off infants and toddlers to like a child that was seven, eight, nine, ten years old and expecting them to mm-hmm. all take care of themselves. And there were no diapers like these children, just like children trying to take care of children that aren't even their relatives. It's just it's crazy that yeah. anybody would think that was OK. And what's getting me is that I've seen a lot of hemming and hawing uh, from people who resent usage of the term concentration camp in these cases. And to those people, I would ask, okay, can you define a concentration camp for me? What are the conditions in a concentration camp? It is a concentrated amount of people to such a degree that basic hygiene is not possible and that illnesses begin spreading. Those criteria fit this situation. And I think it's because people are kind of like clutching their pearls as though the U.S. could never have concentration camps. That's a Nazi thing. Right. Well, and guess it's like, what? No, we have actually, before. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Pam, could you speak to that? Yeah. I mean, like, look at World War II. We interred 
hundreds of Americans that happen to be Japanese. And that's just one example. Recent history. We're out there fighting Nazis, and yet we're turning around and doing the exact same thing to people that are American in this country just because of where their ancestors come from. And we're doing it again. And furthermore, it's not illegal to claim asylum. They are allowed to do that. And as a matter of fact, there are certain facets of the Constitution that protect undocumented immigrants. They are still to be given due process and these basic rights. So that's what's been so frustrating about this whole situation. On top of the fact that the Trump administration just did that ridiculous ice fake out. Yeah. I don't know if anybody was paying attention to that, but Trump had bragged that there were going to be ice raids in all of these major cities. This, I think it was supposed to start this past Sunday, but then all of a sudden he pulled back on it after the Democrats asked real nicely, I guess. And it's like, no, I don't think you were ever going to do it. I think that you are trying to create fear and uncertainty and leave people sort of like on the brink of desperation. Yeah. You know, Oh, it it created fear. My neighborhood is very diverse and we have a group of people here who try to push back against, you know, what Trump is doing. And there are flyers all over this neighborhood detailing what to do if ICE comes to your door, mm-hmm. in both English and Spanish. I mean, they were canvassing to protect people. Good. Yeah, it was yeah. it was really good to see. Mm-hmm. But same also really out. sad that it needed to happen. Yeah, same thing out here in, um, in San Francisco, which is, you know, obviously a sanctuary city. Um, and it was, you know, on a, a dark eve, it was nice to see local politicians also speaking up about this. I know Gavin Newsom spoke about it, too, mm-hmm. who's our governor now, um, was originally the mayor of San Francisco when he was first starting out in politics. So, um, yeah, that was kind of a nice little bright spot, I guess. But it's really sad that um, it has to happen anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys saw Mike Pence making the rounds on the morning shows on Sunday. Um, but he was on all of these shows and every single time they would ask him about the humanitarian crisis happening at our border, he would say, well, if the Democrats would just step up to the table, you know, we could, we could end this. Yeah. And it's like, you're, you're supposed to be Mr. Perfect Christian. And I think, I mean, I'm like, I don't believe in hell, but if there is a hell, you're going straight to it, buddy. Right. And also, how funny, because I don't know if it's the same for all churches, but like Catholic churches are historically sanctuary places. So if you run into a mm-hmm. Catholic church and ask for asylum, they won't turn you over. Right. No. And also a messed no up part they. about this is, again, like their kids. Right. Mm-hmm. In almost every situation, like it doesn't matter how mad you are at a group of people, typically kids are off limits. Like I have, you very rarely hear about people like going after kids, you know, cause they're like, they're supposed to be like the, the pure ones. Right. But it's like, no, you're just, you know, treating them all like prisoners. You know, it's just really fucked up. But. Yeah. And the thing that I just, I don't under understand how people can't empathize with the desperation mm-hmm. because it's like you have, I think it was saying that we had like 45,000 people come to the border over the course of the last month. That's a lot of people. But that also speaks to the level of desperation. 
in those people's home or that's like leading these people to leave their home countries. If you are willing to go through that, to go through the danger that's walking to the United States from Mexico, from El Salvador, from Honduras, from Guatemala, people come from all these places. And it's because their situations are really that bad that they're desperately trying to get somewhere that's made it very clear it doesn't want them. And they're still trying to come. And that should breed a level of empathy with people. Like, think about what you would do if you were in their shoes. Would you let your family die? Or would you do whatever you had to do to give them a chance of a good life? That is such an important point that I don't think is discussed enough. People really need to put themselves in these people's shoes and think about why they are coming here. They're not coming here to hang out at Starbucks. They're not coming here to live without paying taxes. They're, they're coming here because this is their only solution. They want to care for their family. They, wanna, they want their family to be safe. They want to know they're not going to be killed in the middle of the night. I just, yeah. I don't know how people don't think about this. Exactly. It's just the whole thing has been disgusting, and it's an example of how our government is dehumanizing an, like, an ethnic group of people and calling them things like illegals. Or aliens. It's like, yeah. you know, that, that implies that let's, we let's have literally nothing in common with these people. But we're all human. Yeah. And something that we have in common with them is the cause for why many of their countries are destabilized because the U.S. fucked around so much in Latin America in the 70s, 80s, even the early 90s. And we contributed to the destabilizations of a lot of these governments. And those effects are still felt today. So the U.S. bears some responsibility here. Yeah. And at the very least, I, I understand there are realities around how many people we can process, but there should be a humane and relatively streamlined system for us to make those decisions, Yeah, not cramming people into these overcrowded, dirty prisons mm -hmm. effectively. And I think you make a really good point with that, too, because it's like we only really care about developing nations in South America when they can do something to benefit us, i.e. when they're, you mm -hmm. know, places that we can set up sweatshops or cheap labor. Yep. Nobody um, speaks ill about that when these people can help you make money. Yeah, exactly. Well, and another thing is that the U.S. government largely turned a blind eye to undocumented immigration throughout the 80s because we wanted the cheap labor. Right. And it was only when the country began experiencing economic issues that they turned to make undocumented immigrants the scapegoats, which is, again, another lovely piece of Nazi history that you can look into. So... These trends and patterns are incredibly disturbing, and it just felt like we needed to say something because I don't sometimes I like walk around in the world and I'm like, how are we all acting normal right now? Yeah. Like there are children in cages at our fucking border. Why are we acting like everything's normal?
Again, though, it is good that this story did go viral, so to speak. Yes. This reminds me of back, I, I guess, about this time last year when a similar issue came up with um, Trump separating parents uh, from yes. their children. And then he, so <laughs> he did it, then he undid it, then patted himself on the back for undoing what he created. Like, uh, you deserve no credit for that, bro. Yeah, well, he just did that with Iran, too. Yeah. This oh, is I, not new for I him. I was cocked and loaded, and I decided <laughs> to not shoot what I had in my cock. All of you should thank We're... me. Um, okay. <laughs> yes, sir. Please never, never shoot anything <laughs> you have in your We don't cock. want anything you have loaded in your cocks. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think it's orange? Oh, oh no. <laughs> Well, I, if he's like swallowing the spray tan, then maybe. Mm-hmm. God, I wanted so bad to just make my Facebook status cocked and loaded the other day. Oh my God, you should have. I'm trying to avoid using it, so. Yeah, I wonder how your brother-in-law would have felt about right. that. Yeah, you know what? He's visiting soon, so I can't like, I can't do anything like that. Don't want to make things awkward when he's here. Yeah. yeah. But to wrap that up and then pass off to Pam, um, this is a morality issue. This is not a left versus right. This is not anywhere on the U.S. political spectrum or whatever ideology you might ascribe to. This is a basic morality issue. And there's only one right side. So we all need to think about that when we're deciding who we're going to support going into the 2020 elections. Uh, And just the thought of people voting for him in 2020 is really terrible. But people, people will want to double down on their 2016 vote. People like my brother-in-law. Well, and also it's a lot of like, what aboutism, where they're like, well, what about Obama? You know, these these yeah. centers yeah. existed under Obama. This, you know, they completely ignore the fact that people weren't kept in these kinds of conditions uh, or for mm-hmm. this long. And that the Trump administration is trying to defend keeping right, them in these conditions exactly you, everybody needs to watch these clips with with the yeah, lawyer it's horrendous it's super interesting i mean the lawyer is like struggling to defend the administration because she knows deep down it's they she doesn't have a right case and i feel like the only way that you can attempt to make a convincing case for that is if you don't view these people as human beings if you view them mm-hmm. as inherently being less than than you Probably a pretty easy argument to make. Also a fucked mm. up one. Mm-hmm. So. All right, let's lighten the mood <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, Pam, take care of us. Well, Netflix is here to bring us a little bit of joy in just a bit. Uh, they unveiled the final trailer for Stranger Things 3. And that's actually coming out really soon. It's set to premiere on July 4th. So they're definitely upping the ante as far as this coming season is concerned. If the trailer is anything to go by, uh, it really kind of gives us the best look yet at the new season and lays out the new thread at hand, which has to do with the fact that Eleven closed the door to the Upside Down last season, because despite the fact that that's now closed, it looks like they may have trapped a monster in the real world. Also, Will's not possessed this time around by the Mind Flayer, but the trailer implies that the Mind Flayer may have found a new host in Max's big brother, Billy, who, as we all know, has some serious anger management issues. So they've set up a lot of interesting stuff. 
And I know I'm a big fan of Stranger Things, and I know a bunch of us here watch mm-hmm. as well. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about this. I want to know what you guys thought. It does look really good. Um, uh, what's the guy's name who might be possessed? Billy. Billy. Yeah, I don't like him, so I hope he dies by the end of the season. I, I have a feeling he probably will. <laughs> that's. Yes. I feel like that's an easy kill, right? Yeah. It's easy fan service, but also satisfying. <laughs> Yeah. And when he dies, Barb comes back. Oh, it's like, I know. Hashtag one. justice for Barb. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't really like him either. But at the same time, I feel like it, it would be. I mean, they may kill him, but I feel like it'd be, be kind of hard because that's Max's brother. Right. So, like, it'd be one thing if he was like some random bully that went to high school. But since, like, you know, Max is going to take that. I mean, hard. it's her stepbrother, and, though. Right. And she but, hates him. But they also but they also established that he is part of an abusive household. Like, he's only the way he is because, like, don't you see him, like, getting hit or something by his dad? I think so. In the first, or in the second season? Hmm. So I'm pretty sure they're, they're, I I wouldn't be surprised if they pull a Steve, where they, like, they kind of paint him to be the bad guy, then they show more about what made him the way he is, and you're like, uh, I still don't really like you that much, but I don't feel good about what's happening to you, you know? Yeah. I also love that it seems like at least partly set at a mall and mm-hmm. it's just very 80s. Mm-hmm. It's cool that it's summer this year. That'll be a nice way to shake things yeah. up. It's been, when was the last season? October 2017? Yeah, yeah. it's been a minute. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, I mean, the others, the other seasons have been like quintessentially 80s, but this looks so 80s. <laughs> Like yeah, more. it's like ET meets Strange Encounters, yeah. and I'm here for Same. it. Yeah, that scene that had the uh, it had like a vial, like it was a green mm-hmm. or it was, a, it was like a silver canister, and had that green vial. I was like, that looks like it was lifted straight from Ninja Turtles. Like that is the oh my ooze. gosh, so true. <laughs> like that is the ooze from Ninja Turtles. I was like, I'm for it. I'm here. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I, I also wanted to ask everybody if is this the new game of thrones in that i brought up when game of thrones ended that game of thrones was kind of the end of appointment tv where you had to watch live netflix is going to be dropping all the episodes at once but i feel like this is the last show where everybody is going to want to watch asap in order to avoid spoilers Mm, i don't think this will be the last one i'm sure netflix Amazon, Hulu, like all of these originals that are coming out, they'll keep creating series that are well loved and people will find that same desire to watch as soon as they can with those. Especially Disney, like all the the Marvel and Star Wars shows they're making, like, you know, people are going to want to watch those as soon as it happens. Let me rephrase that. Is this the only show currently airing that is like appointment TV? Uh... I mean, Big like, Little Eyes seems like an appointment yeah. right now. <laughs> and I mean, Han- yeah. Handmaid's Tale, too. That's yeah, yeah. I don't see as many people talking about that one. I feel like with that it's one, big, it's but... like more acceptable not to rush through it because it's so heavy. Mm. Um, but but I do agree that it's got a very impassioned uh, fan mm-hmm. base and viewership. I feel like when it airs, and I don't know, I, I'm not going to be able to watch it for a couple of days because I mentioned that my brother-in-law is coming with my sister right over fourth of july i don't think we're all gonna watch stranger things together it's like their first time in chicago with me living here so 
Uh, I'm not going to be able to watch for a few days, so I hope there's not too many spoilers around social media. You're going to have to deal with an uber Trump supporter during 4th of July. I am so <laughs> sorry. So What's that proud to be an American song? That's going to be on loop yep. in your house. It'll be proud, proud, and I'm proud to, be an to be an American the whole time. That's the one. Proud to be a Trump supporter. <laughs> Where I'm free from immigrants. So here's the thing about him, just quickly. He doesn't get political in front of me. Good. Because my sister, you know, put the kibosh on that type of thing. Oh but he God. also Good knows it's sister. awkward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, she yelled at him once for fighting with me on Facebook. <laughs> Isn't it funny, though? I feel like the people that are most conservative are the ones that want to stir the pot the most if they know they're going to be in a room with somebody that's a little bit more left leaning. Because they're also insecure. Yeah. They're like, I'm going to show them. And then they get really butthurt because mm-hmm. they didn't show you anything. Or or they <laughs> right. just don't have facts. Like they just make a statement. And you're like, okay, mm-hmm. wait, what are you talking about? Why? Like, what are you referring to? And then they can't back anything up. <sighs> yeah. Had this experience recently. Speaking from a <laughs> place of experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also really excited for Glow. Yes. I've never yes. seen Glow, but this is the show I need to watch. <gasps> Look at that reaction. <laughs> my God. It is so good, Pam. Okay. It's on my queue. Yeah. Yeah. It needs to be. It comes back in August, I think. I did hear that Gina Davis is on this season, though, and I love her. So, Oh, my God. She's great. All right. So uh, we're about to talk about E3. But first... but first, we have a word from one of our sponsors, FabFitFun. If you love discovering new products, FabFitFun is the subscription box for you. It allows people everywhere to discover new products as well as including rave review must-have brands you know and love like Living Proof's No Frizz Nourishing Styling Cream, Grace and Stella's Rose Facial Spray, and Sutra Professional's Mini Travel Blow Dryer in Soft Touch Marble. I got the 2019 Summer Box a few weeks ago, and I am in love with the Generation Clay Ultraviolet Brightening Purple Clay Mask. That's a mouthful. This has really been helping even out my skin tone on top of some of my other favorite brands. Andrew and Pam, I know you got your 2019 Summer Boxes. Have you been enjoying them? I love it. Um, I think you messaged me about that purple clay mask, and then I used it, and it's really nice. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. I've been using all the facial scrubs. Like that that stuff is just my jam. Yeah. I know. Everything they send is always so nice. And skincare mm-hmm. is expensive. So it's uh-huh. a really nice way to try new things and kind of see what you gravitate towards before you actually spend the big bucks. Exactly. Yeah. FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box delivered four times a year with full size beauty, fashion, home, fitness, and wellness products for just $49.99 a box. I'm serious. It's full-size products, no sample sizes of anything. Every box is guaranteed to have over $200 in retail value. The 2019 Summer Box total retail value ranges from $269.95 to $467.95. This is a fantastic value because many of the product's individual values are more than the entire cost of the box itself. You can customize your box by choosing some products and add-ons with each box, or you can choose to be surprised. Sign up for FabFitFun today. 
These boxes always sell out. Use our code M-I-L-L to get $10 off your first box. Go to fabfitfun.com to sign up and start getting the box for a life well lived. Use promo code M-I-L-L to get $10 off your first box. That's over a $200 value for only $39.99. Go to fabfitfun.com and use our code M-I-L-L to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. And with that, Mark, I'll turn it over to you to enlighten us about the happenings at this year's E3. Yeah, so I uh, watched all the E3 um, press conferences besides Sony, because Sony wasn't there this year, which is kind of sad. But uh, yeah, I wrote some notes on them. And next year, Andrew has agreed to send me to E3 to cover it all live. So yes, it's official. Hashtag send Mark to E3. <laughs> so <laughs> He wants you guys to make but, that a thing on Twitter. Hashtag oh, yeah, send Mark it. to E3. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm just going to go over some of the ones that stood out uh, this year because there's no way I can cover all of them because, you know, they were just game trailers like crazy. But some of the big ones were from Microsoft. There was the new Star Wars adventure game, the Star Wars Fallen Order. It looks pretty, it looks kind of like Last of Us style, like adventure action uh, storytelling. Then they had the Blair Witch game, which looked very good. People were very excited about that. Um, I'm super scared had, already. Oh, yeah. It, it looked terrifying. But um, they had Cyberpunk 2077, which, to everybody's surprise, Keanu Reeves is in that game. And he got heckled on stage in the most wholesome way possible. Like, he's he's like the nicest guy ever. And he goes, you know, the graphics in this game are just breathtaking. And then you hear some guy in the crowd be like, you're breathtaking, Keanu Reeves. And he just goes, Thanks. You're breathtaking too. And then it keeps on going and everyone's like, oh, Keanu. This, I, I loved this because it was such a surprise. It's like at the very end of the teaser trailer, the camera kind of pans around and you see like CG Keanu Reeves and everybody freaked out. And then Keanu came out on stage and started talking about uh, the game. But it was just, it yeah. was, I was like, what? Like, why is John Wick here? i <laughs> know but he's such a I, he's, he's he was just so swell i also want to say something controversial i don't understand all the hype around keanu reeves i don't get it he's clearly so, having a moment he's got john wick he's got this video game he was in toy story 4 but like so but, the thing about keanu reeves from what i've from what i've seen is he's just such a wholesome guy like I think people are excited to like, and it's not even like any of his movies. Cause like in John Wick, he's just basically plays an angry Keanu Reeves. That's basically it. But like in real life, he's just so nice mm. to everyone that like, whenever people see him, they're just like, Oh, it's like a puppy. It's like a really nice. <laughs> that you should not as evidence kill by this. because then he'll come and kill you. Then he will wreck your <laughs> shit if you do. But yeah, everybody, like everybody just loves him. He's like the, the nice guy. Mm. that you see in the library that tells you where everything is hmm. and then gives you like a lollipop or something. I don't know. He's just super <laughs> nice. Super nice. But anyways, so there's, you know, Keanu used the game, AKA cyberpunk 2077. They're making a Lego stars, star Wars game that has the whole Skywalker saga in it. So it's all the, all the, the Skywalker movies in one Lego game. That's then pretty cool. Have, yeah. So people are really excited about that. Cause you know, it's Lego games. People love Lego games, myself included. And um, then they're having 
the Elder Ring, which is made by George R. R. Martin, and people were joking that this is the real season eight of Game of, of Game of Thrones. Yeah. It basically looks like it. I remember when I saw it, I was like, oh, so this is why you couldn't help the writing on Game of Thrones? Yeah, this is what he was doing. Man. Yeah. Maybe this is the next book. Maybe this is Winds of Winter. He decided to evolve <laughs> and publish it in a video right. game. He's, he's like, awesome. I like to be a multimodal author. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to like unlock each chapter by oh, completing different quests. That would be the coolest thing on the planet. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> But uh, there was that. Then there was a short uh, indie-looking game called 12 Minutes. And the premise looks really cool. Like, it's a top-down view, very minimalistic art style. And it's this guy replaying the same 12 minutes over and over. Like, he's sitting and eating dinner with his wife or fiance. They're not really clear. And she's about to give him a gift. And he's like, that's... You framed the picture of when we went on vacation last year, thanks. And she's like, how did you know? Did you see it? And he's like, no. And he's like, look, there's going to be somebody that knocks on our door asking if you killed your dad. You have to be honest with me. She starts freaking out. Dude comes in, ties him up, shoots him, shoots the dude, wakes up, and the guy wakes up, and it just reverses over again. Okay. So like, I guess the game is you asking the right questions to get what happened in the 12-minute slot you have before that guy comes and gets you. Mm. Very yeah, I love games like this. I'm so there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if and if the game and e if each round is actually 12 minutes in like in real time, that'd be really cool. Mm. But um, so is that that was it for Microsoft for Ubisoft? They had Watch Dogs Three or Watch Dogs Legion, which looks really interesting. It's set in a post Brexit UK. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. Like, and yeah. it's like super surveillance heavy, and you can play. You don't play as a character, but you play as a like movement. Like, you play it as a hacker movement, and you can any NPC. So any any person you see in the game, you can recruit, and every person you see has a set, you know, skill. Like one person may be a drones expert, one person may be an espionage person, one person. Maybe a really good fighter. Like there's one that's just a literal old lady sitting in a park feeding pigeons. And you can play as any of them and have them do specific jobs, which is pretty cool. But it's pretty interesting to see a game set post something that's happening right now. Right. I you know, I thought the little old lady, I thought she was somewhat modeled after the queen <laughs> a little probably. bit. And I thought that was funny because it was like mm. it it captioned her as like a seasoned agent or something like that and i was like oh that's fun mm. yeah she's a retired mi5 or yeah. MI6 or whatever agent. yeah you know? i'm gonna cool. keep this one on my radar because i love that it's set it's based on a real world news event and mm -hmm. also some of you might remember when i was originally when i first bought a ps4 one of the games that, that i bought was watchdogs 2 but i actually never opened it and i still have it I bought well, it because there were tons of great recommendations. Have you played that one, Mark? Oh, well, that's I'll get to that later because that's... Oh, okay. Surprise, surprise. That's my recommendation for later. <laughs> Spoiler Oh, alert. shit. Oh. Yeah. But I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you why you should play it later. How about that? Perfect. Perfect. But um, so that's Watch Dogs of the Legion. It looks pretty good. Uh, also, this came out of nowhere. Uh, this is a show called Mythic's Quest, and it's made by the creators of Always Sunny. And Mac from Always Sunny... Uh, just came on stage and pitched the show, had a clip 
of the show and it was just Mac and he's like the project manager for a new game studio and it's like a show kind of giving you an inside look in jest of course of what game studios are kind of like and like they were making fun of a bunch of stuff but they hit a bunch of stuff on the nose you know Mm -hmm. kind of like always sunny like they kind of have that dark you know on the nose kind of humor in that show which people Mm -hmm. like but interesting thing about that is it's going to be an apple tv plus exclusive oh brother so we see we see the start of it happening we see the start of all these are people still buying apple tvs (laughs) i don't know i really don't know but uh, so that's all for Ubisoft. For Square Enix, they had the Final Fantasy VII remake, which looks gorgeous. People really like it. Uh, they showed a lot of gameplay, which looked really good. P- the main thing about this, though, is people are very confused because they're saying that Final Fantasy XV, for any of the, even you that don't know, has a a reputation of being massive. Like it was one of those games back in the day for PlayStation One that came on like three discs or something crazy like that like you had to put in different discs at different time to load the game and for this they're already saying that it's going to be two blu-rays which if you know how much information can fit on a blu-ray that's a lot like that's i've never had a game before that took two blu-rays i've never seen a multi-disc blu-ray game before so you're going to be playing and then halfway through it's like please switch to disc two yeah. If you're watching like, Titanic hey. on VHS, that's kind of yeah. crazy. Oh my God. I just thought of that, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll be like that. So people are really curious about how that's going to go. <laughs> uh, for the Avengers game, the gameplay looks great, but a lot of people are giving it a lot of flack because the faces, <laughs> people are saying that the faces look like they got all the stunt doubles for all the Avengers. Ooh, that's not a good review. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and and they're kind they're trying to make it so like i get they're tr- they're trying to say that oh these aren't we don't want to make it look like chris evans but it looks too similar you know like if you're going to make them look different just make them look different like in the right. spider-man game spider-man doesn't look like tom holland right mm-hmm. and you don't you don't get the this is a knockoff tom holland vibe he's just his own thing mm-hmm. he's his own spider-man so i feel like if they do that like that that's a pretty easy thing to fix in post for a game. Like for a movie like with Sonic, that's going to be a lot. But for a game, when the game engine handles a lot of that stuff for you, changing an asset like that isn't as terrible, but like I think they got to change some stuff. But the gameplay, everybody's saying the gameplay is amazing. Like all the gameplay people are, you know, Oh good. Saying it's super fun, so at least they, they at least they got that part right. That, that's that's a good problem to have. Like something visual is not quite there, but the gameplay is still fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still I'm still down for that. I'm cautiously optimistic. I loved yeah. Spider Man. I know it's by a different developer, but that was really great for PS4 in 2018. So yeah, I'll keep my eye on that one. Mm-hmm. And and like yeah, I'm definitely gonna play it. Like it's a vendor's. Like they they could pretty much slap marvel on anything at this point i'll play it so and that's a big deal because this is like i assume it's going to be an open world ish kind of avengers video game which i don't think we've seen before yeah they said it's going to be kind of like it's going to be kind of like spider-man but more linear so it's still open but you have like now you're in i don't know la now you're in wherever else like they're going to be moving you to different locations but different cities this is going to need four blu-ray discs good god (laughs) but uh but yeah, so there's that. Now to move on to Nintendo. 
Uh, Dragon Quest Hero was announced for Smash, so that was interesting. Uh, Breath of the Wild 2 announced. People were very excited about that. I'll stop you right there. I lost my shit. I was in (laughs) Universal working. A person was touting their new hotel, and I was watching Twitter, and this news comes up. My brother texts me. I completely tuned out of what I was supposed to be paying attention to. I turned Mm -hmm. to another nerd who was there with me. I was like, oh, my God, Breath of the Wild 2. Breath of the Wild gave made me fall in love with video games again a couple mm-hmm. years ago. I was obsessed with that game. I have since sunk a good 200 hours into it, according to my Nintendo Switch. And so I am just incredibly excited for this next chapter. I don't think people were necessarily expecting a straight sequel. Oh, no. I, this is the first straight sequel, right? No, there have been other sequels to Zelda games, but none this soon like this has been like usually it goes like game and then a bunch of shoot off games and then they revisit that like for example uh majaro's mask and twilight princess are technically sequels like it's not the same link but it's they happen almost directly after each other and same thing with uh ocarina of time and majaro's mask you know, the, but, those are the same link, but it's kind of convoluted. Like it's a different timeline and it's linked when he goes back in time and whatever. But like, and visually, is, it, they kind of look similar, though. Breath of the Wild potentially is set in the same exact world. Right? Oh, yeah, it's the same. And the thing about Breath of the Wild, because like I, I loved the gameplay of Breath of the Wild. But the one problem I had about Breath of the Wild was how they handled Ganon. That was my one problem, because Ganon is supposed to be like the bad guy like he's so he's supposed to be such a good villain and so like larger than life you know like it's kind of like when you see i don't know like saruman or something you know like he's supposed to be a villain that's so intense and like he's very like above it all and then they they basically just reduced him to a wild animal like he was just True. a beast in the yeah. last game, which I'm like, this is fun to fight, I guess, but like, I don't really care about this villain that much. He's just an obstacle. But when like, did have you seen the trailer for it, the the Breath of the Wild two? Um, yeah, of course. I almost jerked off to it. I was so yeah. Excited. Like you see when you see the mummified Ganon, and he like looks all creepy and turns around. I'm like, if they flesh out Ganon in this sequel, then my only gripe with this game is gone. Because mm-hmm. if it was just set up to get to this, then I'm fine. Right. You know, right. I'm, I'm down for it. So it looked pretty cool. A lot of people <sighs> are saying, too, that the team didn't want to do a lot of story DLC for Breath of the Wild. So they just started working on two. I like saw that. A, I, yeah. they, well, I, I heard, I think in an interview, one of the developers said we had so many DLC ideas that we decided mm-hmm. to just do a, a, a sequel. I'm yeah. really excited. I think I'm going to play Breath of the Wild all the way through again. I started playing Master Mode. I didn't like mm-hmm. it. It was way too hard. So before this game is out, which I assume will be Christmas 2020, November Probably. 2020. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Die and cry. Cry first, then die. Yeah. But people people are super excited about that. So that, that was a big one. Uh, there's Luigi's Mansion 3, which looks pretty good. It's Luigi's Mansion. If you like Mario type games, you know, Luigi's, Man- Luigi's Mansion 1 was pretty, was a pretty you know, uh, uh, a fan darling. Fans love that game. And it seems like there's a lot of multiplayer in that game, way more than I would have expected. So that would be pretty fun to play with your friends. There's Fire Emblem Three Houses, which is a pretty good RPG game. Like, if you love RPGs and turn-based RPGs, it's right up your alley there. Uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, this is a big deal because there hasn't been a Marvel Ultimate Alliance game in forever. Like, I think the last one was in... 
Oh man, I was in I just I just started college. That was like 2009 when I played it, or 2010 when I played it. So, and there hasn't been one since then. So, people are super excited about that, and it's only on Switch. So, it's a big pull for mm. Nintendo. So there's that. Uh, Animal Crossing, the new one, looks pretty good. New Horizons. I'm excited. Pe- yeah, people love Animal Crossing. I'll definitely be playing that. So yep. that looks great. And then Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening is a remake of the Game Boy game. And this game, this Link in this Legend of Zelda game looks so freaking cute. Have he you does. seen him? Yeah, all the graphics look adorable in this game. Yeah. I never played the toy. Game Boy version, so I'm excited to get into this now that I'm a Zelda super fan. Yeah, there's that. Then there's Pokemon Sword, Sword and Shield, of course, which I will be playing a lot, of course. I mean, it's it's a Pokemon game, so I'm I'm down. And the last thing they announced was Banjo motherfucking Kazooie for Smash, which I about lost my shit. I was in the middle yeah. of class when this was announced, and like me and five other people were like, "Yes," and like, <laughs> so why pointing at each other? So this is a big deal because people have been wanting this since Smash sixty four because. Banjo was pretty big in the Nintendo 64. That's where he made his debut. And this is a big deal for video games now because the fact that Nintendo and Rare, the company that uh, kind of separated from Nintendo and took Banjo with them, and there hasn't been any Banjo-Kazooie games on a Nintendo console since then, the fact that they're kind of coming together and putting uh, Banjo back in a Smash franchise or in the Smash franchise for the first time kind of shows that they're getting away from this whole, like, you know, Sony sucks, Xbox is awesome, Nintendo's awesome, Sony sucks, like this very competitive, like your IPs are your IPs and our IPs are our IPs and we can never, you know, Mm -hmm. mix them to kind of a more cooperative mode. Like now, if you look at Smash alone, there's Cloud, which is basically a Sony character, like it's Square Enix, but he's only only been on PlayStation stuff. Banjo-Kazooie, which was on Rare, and which is owned by Microsoft. So it's basically Nintendo getting a Microsoft character in yeah. Smash. It just shows that they're listening to fans. This is what fans have wanted, like Mark said, period. I mean, mm-hmm. they did a poll a few years ago where they were like, what character do you want in Smash Brothers? And I think this was the number one uh, choice. Oh, and people oh I just... voted for him numerous times. like Because you can only do it so many times from per IP. So I would just get people's computers. <laughs> like I would just go to my friends and be like, give me a computer. And I would just vote for him over and over yeah so it turns and out people just found this to be impossible only mark and five other people actually wanted that and that's not <laughs> a, you know and um the reveal video for banjo kazooie at e3 was so good and mark i'm sure you've seen this but everybody also needs to watch i'm giving everybody homework this week so that video of the trump administration defending their awful policies and <laughs> this amazing video of fans at nintendo new york watching the banjo kazooie announcement they are screaming their heads off and the thing and the thing that's crazy is like there is a definitive part in the trailer where you're like did i just see what i thought i saw and every banjo fan was like is this happening right now oh yeah is this for real and then it happens and everyone loses their shit and it's so great because like nintendo is has always been and i think will forever be really good at just having our childhoods on lock like yep. they're just like oh we know what you want like you've been playing our game since you were like six so we know what it is that you want to see so you haven't seen banjo since nintendo 64 well guess what we're gonna put them in smash and people just lose it because 
that's what people like there are people like there was one guy in my class who didn't even know he was like i haven't thought about banjo kazooie in years and seeing this trailer made me so genuinely happy that i was smiling all day and i'm like yep that's nintendo that's what nintendo does that that was that was me as well watching this announcement like i said the reveal video is so good yeah, and and you can tell. And what's crazy is the 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 music director, the person, the composer. They got the original composer from the Banjo Kazooie games to do the music for Smash for mm, him. Great. And it, and what's cool is when you hear the music, you can hear like he has little snippets of all the music from all the different levels in um, that one song. So you hear kind of like each level that you played when you were a kid from Banjo Kazooie. There's like a little maybe three or five second clip of those levels in the main melody which is great i'm like man so much love was put into this like way to go yeah banjo kazooie was was a big deal for kids so Mm. uh you know now we're all adults and we're all really looking forward to this and speaking of nostalgia and how nintendo can really nail that and they give us what we want this friday i'm so excited super mario maker 2 is coming to nintendo switch the first Super Mario Maker debuted on Nintendo Wii a couple years ago. It lets you make your own Mario levels, and it is so much fun. Everybody knows I, I like these building games, Roller Coaster Tycoon, The Sims. This is right up my alley, Mario plus building. Um, Super Mario Maker 2 has a ton of new items and features, it looks like. You can play with your friends, and these you can, you can uh, have multiple characters in the same course as at once, so you're kind of uh, competing against each other, I think. It just looks so good. Are you going to buy this, Mark? Yeah, I so the thing is like I usually just wait for one of my other friends to buy cuz he buys like all the Mario Maker stuff. But yeah, I mean I'll be playing this a lot because for the first mm-hmm. Mario Maker, we would just go over his house, get drunk and try to play all the super outrageously hard Mario levels, which yeah. was fun. Like that was just a loads of fun. And now they have a story mode in this one. Mhm. Yes, I'm very I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah. If if you love side scrolling Mario, you just get an unlimited number of courses mm-hmm. of side scrolling. Doesn't Mario. Nintendo come out with some of them like every yeah. month or something? Well, that story mode has Nintendo developed courses. I think there's a hundred of them that they made. But there are so many tools and items that they get really freaking clever, and it's just a delight to see what people come up with because mm. they also create all these new challenges too, like finding keys or making things time based or or. Uh, you have new challenges now, like, oh, you can't jump in this mm. one. That's a clear condition of this level. You can't jump. Or I, there's just so much. I won't be able to do it justice. So if you have a Nintendo Switch, absolutely buy this game. It's, uh, like I said, coming out Friday. I'm going to be spending my whole weekend playing it and getting Pat into it because he never played the first one. So, well, there so you go. And there's co-op, right? There's co-op in two, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. So with all the Nintendo love here, I feel like I already know the answer to this question, but... Who do you think won E3? I'd say Nintendo, hands down. I mean, mostly because, to be honest, like, Sony wasn't there. So, like, typically every year, it's usually Nintendo and Sony that are, like, the big heavy hitters. But with Sony not being there this year, like, Microsoft did okay, I guess. But they didn't really have to bring their their A game because Sony's not there. So Nintendo was just like, okay, well, we're going to do what we always do and just show you a shit ton of games that you want. And that's that. Like, I mean, they. I think they would have won even if they just did Breath of the Wild 2, Dragon Quest Person for Smash, and Banjo for Smash, and that's it. 
but they had like Pokemon and another Zelda game. They have they announced two different Zelda games, and then Animal Crossing, and then Marvel, and then Luigi's Mansion. Like, and well, Link's Awakening had been announced already. Oh yeah, they just they just gave you like a, a legitimate date now, like it's coming out exactly this date, which yeah. is I mean, so people want so. All right, so it's time now for recommendations. First of all, I want to double down on a recommendation that Pam gave last week, Spindrift. This is the seltzer water like LaCroix, but it has real fruit in it. Now, it has some calories in it, but I don't feel guilty about drinking those calories because it is real fruit. It's not some other bullshit. Plus, it's only like 10 calories per can, and it just tastes so much better than LaCroix. It's a great drink for summer, and speaking of summer... I want to recommend something I recommended. I probably did it a year or two ago. ABC has some great summer game shows, and they are just perfect to kick back with. They are remakes of old games that you might still watch on Game Show Network. Match Game with Alec Baldwin. There's uh, Press Your Luck with Elizabeth Banks. There's also one called Card Sharks. They are just so fun. Plus, they're fun to watch with somebody because you can kind of play at home with the contestants. Um, so I would like to recommend Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. It's the Crash Team Racing remake with DLC and these really cute collectible pins. Mark got this for me and gave it to me last night. And we stayed up super late playing CTR and <laughs> getting like really... <laughs> Really aggressive towards each other verbally, of course. Yeah, we got kind of salty about yeah. it. Yeah, it was funny. Like, it was literally like, I love you, but I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> this week, I want to recommend stretching before you move heavy furniture because I did not do this. And I woke up this morning feeling like an old lady with a very stiff back. Any particular reason for moving things? Oh, I wanted to vacuum behind my bed. Ooh. Because I just feel like there's been a lot of like, there's probably a lot of dust down there. And there was so I do not regret actually moving things. But I do regret the fact that I woke up the next day with a bad back. Love a good deep clean. You should get one of those uh, furniture mover things you put on the oh, there you go. Of your bed. Ooh, that's smart. And yeah. You slide it around. And how about you, Mark? Well, like I said before, I recommend Watch Dogs 2. I uh, I heard that they were going to be announcing, or there was a chance that Ubisoft was going to be announcing a follow-up to Watch Dogs 3. So, like you, I have Watch Dogs 2, but I never beat it, just because other really good games came out at around the same time, like Final Fantasy 15 and stuff like that. And uh, I finally beat it, and it was really good. Like, it, there are some things that are... Co- In terms of a story, it's not super strong but there's a lot of things that they're very self-aware of like one of the missions you follow around a politician who you find out rigged an election with a um with help of a major like corporation and you have to break into the polling area to destroy all the polling machines that way they can give the public more time to find out about all the stuff he did because he rigged all the polling machines and I was doing the mission, and I was like, this is a lot – I bet this is a lot more realism than the makers of this game thought it would be. Because this game was made, like, I think 2015 or 16. If only they knew. Man. That the the shadowy organization was Russia. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so if you would like to contact us, 
you can write to us directly, millennialshow at gmail.com, or use the contact form on millennialshow.com. Don't forget about our confessional as well if you want to submit something anonymously. Also, follow us on social media, username Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And a reminder, you just have a few days to pledge at the bay level to receive the handwritten letter. The deadline is June 30th, and once that passes, we're going to make our list, check it twice, and send handwritten letters to our patrons. We'll probably do it later in the summer because we want to make sure we have our Mm -hmm. uh, list together in terms of uh, active pledges. So patreon.com slash millennial is where you can do that. And thank you for your support. You will receive instant access to benefits like hashing it out after dark. If you are at that bay level, you will also get a new installment of Breaking News later this week after we watch 20 Democratic candidates speak for Uh... five minutes apiece. I heard six minutes on the news today. That's a little better. What are we doing in After Dark today? We've heard y'all's feedback. And we're bringing back What the Fuck News, guys. Yeah. Or also affectionately, no, if only we had the kids. Yay! <laughs> oh, I forgot about them. Yeah, I missed that sound clip. You need to find that. Yeah, I do. Um, So WTF News is something that we've done for a very long time across a couple of shows. And it's making a comeback. And to recognize all of our patrons, we're going to give you guys the first look at the return of WTF news. Sounds good. I had, I came across a story the other day that made me cringe. I was like, Oh Jesus, we really need to talk about this. I came across stories last night and I was reading them to Mark and we were having so many reactions that I was like, okay, okay, we have to stop. We have to say this for the show. <laughs> great. Great. So to close us out today, we're going to throw it back to Banjo Kazooie. Oh, so we already have the song from Smash Ultimate, huh? Yeah, they they, they played it during the trailer. Oh, okay. All right, cool. All right, so if you ever played Banjo-Kazooie, this is going to be a uh, nice throwback for you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And I'm Mark. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.